Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello everyone, welcome to Redman TV. This is the final word show. Now we record this on the website after every single Liverpool game, but we thought in the wake of some recent poor performances and what have you, and very much the realisation that a lot of the, the stuff that we talk about Liverpool, the, the ins and outs and the, the calm reaction, the in-depth reaction, people don't get to see if you're not a subscriber. Um, we thought, given the current climate, it was worth putting this out there and letting people have a little look. Yeah, I think I think we've seen a lot in the comments and you know we might not respond to every single comment but we obviously read every single comment and I, I think there's a there's a depth of feeling sometimes towards the reactionary nature of fan cams and I I just kind of wanted to showcase the other stuff that we do on yeah. the, on the channel because it's one thing put speaking to camera instantly as soon as a match is finished and your views on it but taking reflection watching the game back yeah. and then talking it through with your mates is ultimately what every Liverpool fan should be doing and yeah. you know the, the, there's that period of reflection where you can really formulate your own ideas yeah. and I think this this, sh this show coming up was just fantastic you know we, we had Simon Hughes and we got Ross and me and you and I really enjoyed it and it's, it's about you know it's just about thinking it through and looking at every area of the team and you can pick through stuff and you can be negative but try and draw out those positives yeah. as well. Well yeah, like I say, this is the final word show. This is us trying our best to reason with the ups and downs of the Leicester defeat in the Carabao Cup. If you enjoy this show, as I say, after every single match we do this on the redmentv.com so if you want to support the show, go over there and join up but enjoy what you're about to see to the best of your ability. Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men TV. It's the final word show. I um, <laughs> can't believe we're here doing this again. We're going to sit here and we're going to talk about the same fucking game again, albeit with different players involved. Um, the one thing that is different is we're joined by the wonderful Simon Hughes, um, who, have a guess... <laughs> There's a book out. <laughs> <laughs> one CA gig, this one, isn't it? <laughs> but no, um, uh, you know, proving that it's not all fun and games, promoting books, I has to come in and talk about Liverpool, losing 2 0 to Leicester. Um, Ross Chandler joins us as well, of course, and of course, the man, the legend that is Mr. Chris Page. That's the nicest introduction you've ever given me. And that's the creepiest. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris, I, um, I fucking hate Leicester. I hate them too, Paul. Three times now. I've been there three times we've been beaten. Fans and knobheads. I, most we, uninventive football fans go, and they're just England fans. They are fully England fans. They are the kind of people that, yeah, it's like if, if, if Bath or York ever got promoted to the Premier League, they'd be exactly the same as Leicester fans. They would. And I think, you know, I counted last night 
twenty-five thousand people with a Leicester badge on one calf and an England badge on the other. <laughs> <laughs> and a, 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 a big fans of the English Defence League. I saw one person genuinely twirling a cross of St George flag around the top of the head. Is that a thing, <laughs> mate? In Leicester. Wow. Um, yeah, and obviously a lot of a lot of other Tory hotspots as well. It's a Tory hotspot, isn't it? Um, it was. Oh God. I, yeah. I mean, we'll get into the game. I think what what we're kind of going to do with this is we're just going to talk through all the really really bad stuff, get it all done, get it all out the way, and then we'll pick through some of the positives a bit later on because I I, I think because um, we've tried our best. I think by and large to not get swept up in stuff. And I don't feel like I I don't feel at this point like it's being swept up or it's being knee-jerk reactionary that's now a number of games on the bounce where yes there are extenuating circumstances and we'll come to a little bit of that later on but as we can say in the drive home it it's not fair of us it's not fair to ask us as fans to make to make these excuses to make these to reason these things out fairly i don't think a lot of the time i think we we could all be a bit more level-headed than in a general sense but it's not right of us to think coutinho needs minutes Therefore, it's fine for him to come off at half-time. It's not fair for us to think this will work out in the fullness of time. In three games' time, we'll, we'll understand why we played the team we did and why we approached it the way we did, etc., etc., etc. What is fair of us is to go to watch a game of football and expect us to put in a bit more of a performance. Yeah, and I think, to be fair, like you know, I watched Klopp's press conference back this morning and I'm, you know, the last three games have been getting a little bit more down each and every game. Uh, which is mad considering the worst result of the lot was the City game, and I, I kind of took that one on the chin. But last night you could see, you know, from the from the title of my fan cam and all that, I was a lot more down on it. And to be fair, like that's actually minted by Jurgen Klopp. I think the last yeah. three games he's been all right in his press conferences, but it was kind of it got to the end of his tether last night a little bit and started talking about the defence and the lack of awareness and you know the situations in game where we seem to be conceding goals. But he also mentioned, and I agree, that first half. It was a much more fluid performance than I actually thought it was going to be. You yeah. make seven, eight changes, and we didn't look disjointed in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. You know, we were creating well, we were moving between defence, midfield, and attack really well, and we were kind of stumbling when we got up to the final third of the pitch, which is always the most difficult part, isn't it? It's the most congested part of the pitch. Um, three front players you've probably not played together before. Well, certainly haven't because Alex Oxley Chamberlain's full debut. You know, guy who's Dom Solanke. Dom Solanke. Is that his full debut? That will be as fun. Well, wow. okay, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. I've forgotten all about that. Like, and you know, you got Phil Coutinho coming back from injury, and yet there were still moments during the game. <laughs> <laughs> there were still moments during the game. But the con- you know what? They're continuing the blag, aren't they? Yeah, this well. forty-five minutes, you got to play him back into fitness, give him a pre-season. He's coming back from injury. That's an astounding blag that they've had going on <laughs> for a few weeks now. Like, yeah, like when you that. say something and you lie about something when you're fifteen and you're still carrying it on to this day, and trust mm. me, I know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chris, Chris, there's a little insight into this. Um, Chris's name for his mum and dad's home number on his mobile was Start to Lie. Yeah. So whenever his phone <laughs> rang, it would say Start to Lie, uh, which is great. I've genuinely... You've been with me and I've been just chilling in his playing Pro Evo or something. Doing nothing out of the completely different. <laughs> I would say, he's a play. We're, doing, we're perfectly innocent. No, nothing wrong with us being where we were and doing what we were doing. He just saves in someone else's house for yeah. no reason whatsoever. Yeah, yeah it's good it was good practice. You know, you never know when that, when that, when that comes in handy. And it did come in handy, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Chris could pass a polygraph. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good, it's a, it is a good point. And it is probably a... It's not a positive as such side, but it's... 
Jürgen Klopp makes the point, and I, it's a point I agree with, in that he says, you know, we've made changes once again, and we haven't looked like a terrible football side for, for making changes. We've made mass changes in years gone by, and we've made, if you make seven changes to the team last year, or the year before that, that's when we ended mm. up with Jose Enrique playing centre half, and you know, and, and, and that kind of stuff. And and, captain, by the way. Well, yeah, right. Um, you know, and, and so the, the, the point uh, the point that he makes is is a, is a decent one, and there's maybe a little bit of a law of diminishing returns in this regard because we're nowhere near as potent without Mane, Salah, and me, you know. But we were still able to hold our own, to control a football match, to create chances, and that's exactly the same was true with the weekend. Mm. Um, so that is something, but inevitably, it's another situation where. We've changed the back line again, and nothing seems to be. Yeah. We seem no more stable for having I mean, a different. I, I, set of I, th- I thought they looked more threatening going forwards against Leicester than they did against Burnley in the f- in, in the first half against yeah. Leicester, I should say. But I thought Klopp's reaction afterwards was uh, unlike him. Really, mm. you know, he, he, you know, when you when you consider his whole personas about the team and everyone staying together, he, he did dig out the defence a little bit and. Um, I mean, I, I find this whole kind of narrative a bit odd about the way Liverpool, well, the way Liverpool perceive, because everybody's saying, oh, they attack so much, they're going to leave gaps at the back, but none of the goals you conceded this season have been a consequence of that. Yeah, it's we're been, not getting snotted on the counter-attack. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been individual errors all the way through. Watford, uh, you know, from set pieces. Why not? Um, yeah, you know, just, just people, players making mistakes, not because they're under any necessary level of pressure just because he switched off at times and I think that's you know the, that criticism is valid you know the the, the play, when players are making individual mistakes yeah. eventually there comes a point where the manager's going to have to say you're out yeah. and I wonder now you know whether whether that point has come but the problem is he doesn't have that much many options behind yeah. and that's that's a fault of the summer so it goes back again and we start talking about the summer again which I'm sure you don't want to talk about you're right but <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah but I just think that with Klopp at the moment, we were just talking about it before, like, you know, a lot of the criticism, some, well, some of the criticism is fair, but the problem is in this whole mad, you know, social media world, you know, if you criticise now, it's seen as you're against Klopp, you, you know, you kind of, you want him to, you want him to go, or you're against FSG, they should go, we should get some of their owners. It's like, we've, we've lost the ability to be able to criticise. Yeah. And it being lost in this kind of absolute noise, you know, and yeah. I, I think, you know, managers, you know, the best managers, the best owners, the best players, they react well to criticism, yeah. largely. So sooner or later, you know, we're going to see, you know, you know, whether there's a reaction because teams do go through bad periods of the, form. The, I think the problem is, is that we've been raised now on, what, 15, 20 years now of us yeah. having a, 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 a team peaking, not at the top of the league. You know what I mean? Not peaking with a league title, yeah. the peaking with a second place finish or a third place or a fourth place finish, and I just think you know it just feels Ross like we're we're just we're just wounded, aren't we? You know, and it, it's got Brendan Rodgers probably pretty much killed us off in that regard in thirteen fourteen. <laughs> like we're never going to trust again, yeah, and so whenever it starts to go a bit wrong, Simon Simon's right there, is that it's not possible to go. Klopp got that wrong, and that be he got it wrong in that game. Or he got that wrong in a spell of games, as though it's an absolute. Klopp got that wrong, therefore Klopp's wrong, therefore Klopp will always be wrong, hmm. therefore Klopp out. You know what I mean? Hmm. That, that that kind of stuff. That's no, but it's, it's right. right. I, right honestly, right. I feel like I'm reading a, a Douglas Adams, you know, radio <laughs> play, but you know, because it's got it's the the, the patois that goes with it. Like, what this is the this is exactly the problem we, we we've got right now. Is there's plenty. There's, it's fine to say what's wrong with the team because it's fucking it's plain as day for all to see. Yeah, um, I think we said this the other day. You know, 
everyone demands instant success now, don't they? And you said every team goes through a bad period, but things could be a lot worse. And it's the same if you put a positive spin on things. People are like, well, we're still we're still shit, and it's yeah. like, well, we're not, we're not, we're not shit. Everyone goes through like a, everyone goes through a bad spell or a bad period and stuff. Um, do you know what I mean? It's early days in the season, only four games in. It's like everyone thinks it's the end of the world. Yeah. It's, it's not. It was inevitable, I think, there was going to be a period of adjustments. We, we forget this because we did. We kind of did this with the expectation the last time we got into the Champions League. Mm. Except that it's always easier with the gift of hindsight and maybe in three years' time when we're back in it again, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll look back on this period as another period of delusion. But I, I, don't think it, I don't think I'm wrong in saying I think this side is miles better than what we had the last time. I, 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 mean, I, I agree with what you just touched on there. It's a major, like, a psychological issue with the club in yeah. terms of, you know, talking about the owners because you can't talk about the manager without the owners. And, you know, the owners are fighting this trust, you know, issue really, yeah. which has been there for a long time. So when it seems like things are going against, it's because, you know, the fans don't trust them. But I don't think they manage that situation well enough, you yeah. know, over the long period of time, which is fair enough. So again, it's a historical, you know, a historical battle that the Klopp's facing. Equally, you're right about the, the the Brendan thing, and I haven't quite thought of it like that. You know, kind of, I suppose that the previous owners uh, before FSG, you know, broke the trust in the minds, you yeah. know, like Brendan's <laughs> failure, you know, broke everybody's heart. So yeah. it feels like now, you know, it's just going to go in that direction again. But it's, now, it's you know, it's like having your, your, it's like having your, your girlfriend cheat on you and your mum leave your dad. Yeah, that's, that's the equivalent that of, you know, breaking the ownership and the management trust yeah. in the space of five years, six years' time. Yeah. We do, we're on, we're on, we're on, the, on the floor. Yeah. So every time we have a couple of a sticky games, we've a couple, we go through a little bit of a bad patch. It feels like that the, the club's completely yeah. fucked at every level. And, and this is where, again, I, th I think the, the, the Klopp, um, will benefit from just a bit of advice from 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 within the club as well because I don't I've often said this and, and put it in writing that I don't think that the club sometimes really there's nobody at the club there to give the, the the manager just a little advice you know this is how people feel you know just to think did he talk these things through about the perception of the way the team is playing and the way the fans think it should be discussed at least I don't know whether it is I'm pretty saying it doesn't. And this is one of those situations where I think, you know, at the moment when the team's going through a bit of a bad spell, and it was, it, I did find that interesting last night that he did, you know, decide to actually, you know, be critical of his own yeah. players because that hasn't happened before, really, you know, um, at, a, at a period where they're coming under fire anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that the club will benefit from that from time to time, yeah. just 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 to give him a bit of a steer on on the PR of it all, you know, yeah. to try and manage I, I it a little bit more. Respectfully disagree with that because what I love about Jurgen Klopp is that he speaks the truth. Mm. And I think as soon as you start putting PR on somebody and you start putting a spin on it, then trust can be broken even more. All right, well, I, I, I take your point. Probably shouldn't use the word PR because I totally agree. I think the, the club sometimes does get lost in the whole PR of it all. What what I mean is, is in terms of just really understanding, you know, like kind of the the the, the common kind of feeling around the club because. I think when you're the manager as well, I mean, I know he's coming under fire all the time, but because he's getting criticism, even in the good times, you know, I think now that the manager's, you know, Klopp's gone on records, and I do trust him on this again, you know, that he doesn't read the papers. So, yeah. mm. you know, I think a lot of managers don't anymore. I think they probably get told by, you know, if there was something that was like, you know, personal, they get told by the press office. But I don't think he listens to any of it. And I think sometimes the club... I agree with that, but I think the problem he's got is, and I think this is what last night was, and it's why I felt better about his, his reaction last night, is the questions he's getting asked 
tell him what's being written yeah, in the papers without him having to write it. Mm. So when, when he's getting asked about the defence constantly, and he's getting asked about Phil Coutinho yeah. constantly, he knows what everyone's talking mm. about. And I think that's what, what again, it's weird does that Does it I, feel like sometimes that he's late to the party on it? Because, you know, you know, Simon's just raised an interesting point, is that you know you might be getting asked these questions, but sometimes when you read something out of context, you don't know the full ins and outs they, of the story. I, so maybe he reacts... How, how you wouldn't expect because, you know, everybody's talking about this, but they only ask because they're yeah. privy I, I, to the whole story. I think it helps him. I think it's a bit of a throwback in some regards because I don't see that there's any British person who doesn't. Because, you know, I think it helps being, being foreign in some regards mm. in, in that because you're not going to pick the echo up. You know what I mean? You're not going to, you know, a lot of the stuff that's coming at you is not going to be in your native language. You're not going to be arsed with it anyway. But I think that... It, it, I think it helps. I think it's a good thing in so much as it means that he's not he's not going to be beholden to the fast changing tides. You know what I mean? The, the, the way that things change, people flip flop on stuff. But inevitably, if there's a thing that he's getting asked every single week, then yeah, he's going to. I'm just like I said, the point that I liked about it was that it was a good chance for him to just go. Look, I'm dead pissed off with it. Yeah. I'm really pissed. I don't think I'm not because. That's what what I, what, I, what I think he's best at yeah. is that he wears his heart on his sleeve, and if you can see it's annoying him. If I I'd be yeah. more concerned because we've had managers like this in the past. Roy Hodgson was the prime example of it. Say t- trying to it's tell great. you that it was it's great. Trying to tell you it was great when it wasn't. Mm. Brendan was kind of like that too. Jurgen um, Klopp saying he's getting annoyed by it now. Maybe some people might go, God, you know, you want your managers to be this imperious figure who's indefatigable at all times. But for me, it made it a bit like. Well, good. He feels the same frustrations that we do with it. If he was being a bit too blasé about it, or being, a, I'd be, I'd be like a, maybe a bit distrusted of that somehow. And I'd feel as though he isn't, he isn't clued into what the mistakes are. He is a bit deluded to what the weaknesses of his team are. Whereas I think when he comes out and says, you know, look, we we practice defending. He's like, are you stupid? Of course, we practice defending. We practice every. But it was possible. nice to hear him say exactly, that, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. Because we for weeks I've been thinking, do they? Do they really? Situation, but there's no, there's just no accounting for. Players, just, they just, know how to do it. Yeah. They're not actioning that on the pitch, and that's what we're seeing at the moment, unfortunately, the, isn't the, it? The, the, the one, the one. Big, I think, I think. Other managers have used this term before. It's like the ability to see through the noise, that the fair criticism and the, the, the ridiculous. Because part of it, some of it is all part of the same package, mm. I guess. But you know that that is a skill being able to see, you know what what is fair and what is not. And you know, I I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago in a piece that I wrote, and I do think that it's a particularly Anfield relevant, you know, kind of mood, is that. Liverpool people, you know, they, they want to see a streetwise team. This idea that Liverpool play free-flowing attack on football is a total myth. Yeah. You know, it's it's always been we're belligerent. That's why. That's why. I mean, I know obviously Rafa won, you know, trophies to back it up. But I think we related to Rafa because he was quite belligerent. You yeah. know, like a lot of scousers are and. There's nothing worse as a local supporter inside Anfield when it just feels like the team's been getting the piss taken out of them. You know, yeah. it just feel nothing. It's so it's like God, we can't identify with them. It. I think at the it's moment it's very hard to sing songs about how you're great and glorious when you've yeah. just got this. You just keep. It's like yeah, you say it's, it's laughable how we keep doing the same thing. It's yeah. like we can stand up against it. We can put back in and go. We trust that this is this is all in hand. But if it keeps happening, there is a thing. There is a, definitely a scout reaction where you're like, "Fucking hell, lads! Yeah. Stop, stop leaving us out to hang. You know, you're hanging us out to dry." A perfect example of that is you know during the 13-14 season, we we sang poetry in motion loads. The next season, we didn't sing it, and it wasn't until 
maybe last season when we were beating Leicester and stuff like that, that we started singing that again because you, you have to believe in what you're singing yeah. as well a lot of the time. And, you know, just to just to go back a little bit on, I think it was your your point actually, Paul. Um, uh, and sorry, NFL's talk again, like, but here we go. <laughs> I'm reading a book called Take Your Eyes Off the Ball 2.0 and they talk you, it's, for, it's written by a former coach and he tells you a little bit about what the coaches do in the off-season and stuff. And they spend five weeks, the NFL head coaches, looking back at every decision they've made the previous season and self-analysing everything that they've made. And I think sometimes in football, we don't think that that happens because we always look forwards. Mm. We're looking at the next game and the next game and the next game and the next game. But don't be surprised, and, and I, I would be surprised, sorry, if Jürgen Klopp didn't take a period last season or in the off-season and look back at everything that they've done last season and, and find out where his fault, faults were and look to see where they've improved. And that's probably why he's so pissed off, yeah. because he's had a full season looking at these mistakes over and over and over again and rectifying that on the training ground yeah. in pre-season and during this season and still the same problems it's, are happening. It's like that famous sketch, and the one that springs to mind is the Simpsons one where they did the Cape Fear episode and they have to teach Hope. He said, you know, hello, Mr. Thompson, you just got to smile and nod. And it's like, it's not quite that, but it's the, it's the very old sketch where you teach someone something and uh, say it like this and they do it in practice and you go, right, do it for real and they do it wrong and you're like, <laughs> what are you doing? We've been, you've been getting it right in practice all again. So how come when we say action, you get it fucking wrong every time? And I just that's what it starts to feel like for me. Ross is that that's probably where the frustrations boiling over for him. There's maybe a bit of the sense of Goffman's post-match stuff. Is Jürgen's going? I, I, I. We do. We practice this, and it's like they are fine in every set of tests. These are absolutely fine. This works. These guys do everything I ask of them. And my God, in training, you joked about it, Louis, these guys are coming up against better players in training. These fucking defenders are, tra are training against Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino and Mo Salah, and they're absolutely fine. No other defence in the league can handle these guys. Our defence can handle these guys. And then we come up against, basically, borderline championship-level... Yeah, we know we come against relegation-level footballers and... Our guys just completely zone out. It's and I can I, I I'm frustrated with that and and I can see that Jurgen Klopp is quite clearly absolutely raging with it as well because Why what what more what more can you do? I mean the obvious answer is to buy more centre halves in the summer, but let's not. <laughs> let's not. Uh, I think the, the past couple of weeks, I think he's tried to protect them them def defenders because of that reason. And I think last night he's, he's been backed into a corner. Yeah. I don't think he's got any option to say anything else especially with like a, the small group of people that are saying no clap out or whatever he's probably bought respect to the fans by coming out and, and just, just being honest because that's what everyone's been screaming for him to say is yeah. we know what's going on how, how, how can't you see it yeah I think the, the, the I think ultimately the game in the, in the general sense Chris though I on the normal the circumstances I can write off <laughs> I can write off getting knocked out of the League Cup because again it's one of those things when 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 the season exists in hypothetics and you're planning for for the glory of the season ahead you think you start to mentally think we get knocked out of the League Cup you know what it gives us a, it gives us a, a, a couple of weeks off that we wouldn't have if we go all the way to the final or whatever it and it gives you slightly fresher legs to compete on in the Champions League and in the Premier League and whatever you but the very the very real reality of this is that if we've got we've got we've got a I think we've got a pretty big squad, we've got a load of players there. And I feel dead sorry for the lads who put in a good shift there 
It was the it was the Danny Ward, the Ben Woodburn, Marco even a little Grewish. bit with Danny Ings, the Gruich, the even the Gomez who, who, who had some sticky moments, but whatever. Get these lads getting a game in the positions we want to see them playing in, and all of a sudden you're looking at going, is it going to be January before we see these lads get a get those that game time again? And that's that's why it's a, 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 a I don't say a travesty, I mean, it's hyperbole, but it's. That's why it's a really bad thing, us getting knocked out of the League Cup. Yeah, yeah it is, because, uh, listen, Paul, you, you, you've hit the nail on the head there on, on a few points, but, you know, the Danny Wars, the Marco Grewich, they're the players that I want to see develop, and you can't see developments of these footballers without getting 90 minutes under a belt against proper opposition, you know, in cup competitions where something's on the line, because you can play in under-23s and all that type of stuff, but it's just not the same. Like, you know, you go into a cup competition and maybe you're playing a team in a lower division or whatever, but they're up for it and they're going to bring their A game against you and you know that every single time. And, you know, you need to see how these guys perform. You need to see how they perform in their position with experienced players around them. Because I always think, you know, I, I like seeing, I, I, I go back to it and I say this every year, don't I, Paul? I want to see a squad named for the League Cup. That's the change for the competition that I want. I want to see a squad named at the beginning of the season and you either put your trust in the kids until the final or you don't. Yeah. And you make a play at that, at that cup competition. I think that makes it fairer for all the big clubs and for all the young lads in and around the competition. But, you know, there's no point really playing all the kids in one go because when they come into the side they're not playing with those guys yeah. I want to see them play with Jeannie Wijnaldum Jordan well, Anderson I thought we got the balance right in that it was perfect that's, and, and, and that's what I'm trying to say is that the balance was good because you saw Ben Woodburn playing left wing you know with uh, Jeannie Wijnaldum for a little bit I think it was or did he come on for him or you Go saw Marco Gruich playing with Henderson and Wijnaldum and if you need him in the in the centre midfield he's going to be playing with those players so let him build up a little yeah. bit of a relationship and stuff so it's gutting and look Danny Ward I want to see more of him. Yeah. You know, we were saying last night, I think he's the best goalkeeper at the club. Yeah. I think he needs games to prove it. I think he's got the potential to be. I think his ceiling may be higher than the others. Maybe Carius has got a higher ceiling actually. Who knows? Uh, but who knows, yeah. So I'm just gutted that we're not going to see that. Yeah, and that, that that's the thing, isn't it, uh, Ross, as well. And it's for as much uh, you know, your seasons can't hinge on a on a League Cup win. You know that's not that's not good enough. It's not it's not a big enough trophy that it it's considered like a successful season to just to just to just do that. There needs to be more more to it. But the, look, there's come a point where it's still the last piece of silverware that we won, and it's far too long since it was the since we won a piece of silverware, and we've had too many instances of glorious, inglorious, spectacular, whatever we want to call it. Too many years of not winning fucking silverware. That <sighs> is this the longest drought we've gone through as fans? Uh, personally, since we've been no, because we went ninety two to ninety five. We went ninety five to two thousand and one, didn't we? Yeah. Um, I think that's right. Mm. We didn't win anything between there and between the, the the league cup and the treble, did we? A couple we? of narrow misses in the it's Premier close. League. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yes, it's it, so it's not far. It's not far off it. But this is the point: is that I don't know. It, it, again, it goes back to what I was saying. Now it's not our. It shouldn't be our job. To say to, to sit here and try and make excuses for this because listen, it exists within the realms of possibility. Maybe the FA Cup's a greater priority, and we could go on and win the FA Cup, but we won't know the answer to that until fucking May. We won't know whether it's going to have a positive impact on the Champions League till till December. We won't know if it's had an impact on the Premier League till May. All I know is that Liverpool need to get some silverware in the bag because whether it's a massive trophy or not, it's a thing that Liverpool just it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's hanging over our heads. It's weight in the proverbial backpack that Jurgen Klopp was uh, talked about when he came in. 
and it's another year we're going to go where there's there's one less piece of silverware that we can win effectively. Yeah, I don't think you should be able to pick and choose which trophies you want to win. Every trophy has to be a priority, especially yeah. when you say that long spell you've gone gone without. Why shouldn't you go for everyone? You know, other teams might have that option of going. We're not really asked about it, and yeah. in hindsight, people have already said it now. Oh, it's just a Carabao Cup, but I don't know if it's been exacerbated by the previous results we've had. Do you know what I mean? If we beat Sevilla, we beat Burnley, beat City, and gone, ah, it's just a Carabao Cup. It doesn't matter. Just, yeah. just everything feels worse because. We're just on a, on, a, on a shit run. Well, it's it's worth noting. So, like last year, we 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 had that great win against Arsenal at the Emirates. Then we went and got beat by Burnley, and everyone was a bit like, Ugh. and I, I remember a lot of people totally threw all the positivity of the the Arsenal result out the window and said, no, this is what Liverpool mm. are really like. This is Burnley. This is us over and over again. This is us repeating the same old mistakes. Yada yada yada. And then we went and put a, we went and put a good team out against Burton. And got through the you know, bit the second round of the, the League Cup at the time, and that eased everyone's nerves over things. I think, and that's why that's the double annoyance of this in some regard because it's just every game. Now we're now at a point where look, it's not like we're losing. We've not lost a, a batch of games, so we're not in this massive crisis. But this just feeling of just unease and a, a little bit of dissension, whatever. It's the pressure's gonna grow. Hmm. It just means there's loads more on this game at the weekend than there should be. You know what I mean? If we just manage to get something in this, you get to go in and treat the, the last game as just a game of footy. Yeah. Whereas all of a sudden, and we're going to do the build a bit later on, but we're, at, we just, we're just putting pressure on ourselves to some extent. Yeah, well, part of me also thinks you know, that the, the title of the League Cup now, the Carabao Cup, can you, can you imagine if Liverpool had won that and that would be the only thing they won this season? It had been belittled anyway yeah, to, yeah. Some, to some extent, you know. I, mean, I kind of wonder whether they. I mean, I agree with what Chris is saying there, but I, I kind of think the players, as you said, need to be playing around experienced first team players to get that, you know, level of experience that they need. You know, playing all together at the same time seldom really works out. It, it, it's around you know the establishment, the uh, experienced players that you kind of make you know get gain more lessons. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I just I just think that. At the moment, like any defeat is, is going to feel like it. You know, it's the start of the season as well, particularly at the start of a season when the expectations are so positive and so high. When you lose a couple of games, particularly losing to Manchester City by that scoreline, I mean, at the time, I think a lot of people were in denial about like kind of how they felt about that because he was saying, oh, you know, it's um, they, they had the man sent off. So after that, whatever happened doesn't matter. They lost five nil to a Manchester club. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Absolutely. So that that lingers. That whether you try and however you, which way you want to dress it up. Um, I mean, if Liverpool go and beat Leicester and then and then and then win in Moscow, which is possible, yeah. you know, things suddenly start looking up. But I just think there needs to be obviously some kind of sense of perspective. But I, I can understand why people are frustrated. It taps into all these things that we're talking about. It's not one one reason why people mm. are frustrated. There's a lot of reasons, you know, historical reasons. You know, the same thing happening over and over again defensively. Um, particularly when you know we, it's such a high-profile public mistake that they made in the summer with with Van Dijk, you know that that erodes trust in the club as well. Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons why we've reached this point. It's not just one reason. It isn't just you know it isn't just people being irrational. Yeah. Um, but there is obviously some irrationality yeah. in in some of the conclusions. Well, that's funny. Yeah, 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 exactly. But being a fan, it's an emotive, yeah. emotive sort of thing. It's just getting back to the game because I think the thing that the wound me up about this because like I say I. I I do agree with Jürgen when he says this whole, you know, we, the, the, 
it proved, given how fine we were in the first half, it proved that it, you know, it wasn't this horrendous disjointed performance, which you would expect to get by making changes. But the thing for me, and I, I don't know whether I did it in the post-match stuff, but we, we certainly discussed it on the walk back to the car, was that the taking Coutinho off stuff. Now he says post-match, that was a pre-planned thing. And I think that's, I mean, fine, because we've kind of said in the build-up, we want to see Woodburn get in this, but I don't know how Woodburn gets in this team as well. So 45 minutes in the for Ben Woodburn's development was was good, but effectively it showed the difference in mentality between how we approach this game and how Leicester approached the game, I, I felt anyway, that, you know, okay, it was enforced because Joe goes off injured. The Akazaki They bring Akazaki on and he's like, he galvanises that team. The fans get dead excited and, he, you know, he, he bombs through the middle of the pitch. And Megan, our captain. Yeah, exactly. And everyone gets dead excited and he, and he gives a lift. Whereas we yeah. brought on a 17-year-old... I've said this before, but a lad who has not played footy for two years effectively, and you know, and no, we you, made our team weaker yeah, with our substitutions. Where they, they made their team they, a bit stronger. That, that's exactly right, Paul. I mean, you know, you look at it and you go, I, I understand why Coutinho gets forty-five because I think you can you can sit next to Ben Woodburn and go, watch that lad. That's what I want you to do. Where you put Ben Woodburn out first, doesn't learn anything from watching Phil Coutinho in the first half. You can look for maybe tendencies that a defender's got, showing him which way and stuff like that. So you go into the game, you've got that little bit of knowledge against their right back and you think to yourself, okay, I know he's been showing Phil this way, I'll do something slightly different so I'll take advantage of that. Great, that's what I want to see from a substitute coming into the game. But the fact that we brought Danny Ings on and the fact that... Um, who was the other one, Sonny? Was it just the two substitutions we made again? It's a great question. Um, so, yeah, regardless, two years he's, he's pretty much not played in. They bring Okazaki on, they're fighting for the game. We look like we've gone, right, we'll take our best player off at nil-nil. Uh, and then we're going to bring Danny Ingram because he needs minutes. It felt like that was a pre-planned substitution as well. Yeah. Whereas what we wanted to see was Liverpool go, fucking hell, is the, where's the bench? Why isn't Firmino on the bench? If you really want to get through, why isn't Salah on the bench? Why can't we go and win this game? Yeah. You know, And that's the problem. That's the, that's a mindset thing that I think Klopp's put into that game. You're pulling a face, Yeah, well, I just think it just that just reflects what, you know, the priority, really, that... If he wanted to win that game, Coutinho stays on. I mean, I sometimes, just on a personal level, don't agree with these pre-planned ideas because games never always pan out the way yeah. you want them to. And I just thought maybe he could have left them on a bit longer. Well, it felt you know, like a, it felt like a pre-season game as a yeah. result of it. Like, and not yeah. in terms of the the, the, the important support that we put behind it. Because again, I thought the away the away end was amazing. Like, but the that it's that thing. It's like you're taking a player off for 45 minutes because he's just get he's there for fitness. Mm. You're putting a player in a game for fitness, not to not to win a football match. Because as you say, nil nil, we should be thinking that the mentality. I think if if he's a hundred percent looking to win that game, is I give Phil another fifteen, and then I make that, and then maybe I reevaluate that reevaluate that decision. I don't know it, but it feels it feels like I say, Ross. It feels very much like that game became very quickly a. It's just an exercise to get some minutes in the legs of Gruyich, of of Oxley Chamberlain, of Solanke, of Danny Ings, of Ben Woodburn, and again, that might be that might pay dividends in in the coming weeks when or the last you know in the last month of the season when we when we need to, when we had a mad injury crisis as we always do and we have to throw these players in and they've had some footy and the loads better for it instead of being shit like we've had so many years on the road this might be the game and this might be the one that makes that all reality but I can't you can't think like that because 
Fucking hell! It's like it's, that's what it's pre-season's it's sci-fi, for. Sci-fi in it, you know. That's what pre-season's for. And like I said, I, I agree. I don't. I don't understand this pre-planned stuff. I mean, Coutinho was was a bizarre substitution. Like you said, if if you're one nil up, two nil up, and that's what that's what your plan was, take him off. But when when you when you're in charge of the game and, you, and you're running it, don't take one of your best players off. He was he was creating options and creating space, and you know we were getting at Leicester. Um, and then, like you said, the the, op- the opposite side was. Okazaki grabbed that game by by the balls, didn't he? And just just ran with it. Do you know what I mean? We had we had nothing on the bench t- to do that. Yeah. Um, then then you start looking for answers of you know what you do, and then ultimately it's just it's cost us. Um, yeah. But then you can't rectify it now because you're out of, you're out of competition. It's the second game on the bounce as well that we've ended up with Dom Solanke on the left wing, and I can't see that that's a thing that we're going to continue doing this season. You know, and I understand that. Um, I think it was Gene Wijnaldum goes off injured, doesn't he, and stuff and. I, I, and there's the, there is a part to be played, but you know the one at the weekend where where Dom Slanky ended up on the left wing as well. I'm thinking to myself, why this guy's a forward? Yeah. And from everything he does, you can tell he's a centre forward. You know, I'd rather I, I said it in the build-up show or in, in the team news show yesterday. I'd rather have seen Ings out there. I know Ings is a centre forward. I know he can do the job there. I want to see his legs. I want to mm. see how he reacts in those situations. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with I agree with the point that he, I don't think he. He has the skill set to be a wide player, but in, in the World Cup in the under-20s, he played more of a withdrawn role and was yeah. like supplying the passes rather than being on the end of them. So I wonder whether he's seen that and thought, well, that could apply. I but just maybe move him slightly into like Coutinho yeah, does. It's, like just it's, feel, a different, it's a different level of football. It feels though, again, though, that. like we're just, a, we're, and I kind of said this at the time, like if, we, if the Thomas Lamar move made sense for me because I, I felt we were going to be another player short in those wide positions and particularly given we've let Ojo go out on loan and, you know, Harry Wilson's been performing for the 23s, which is great, but there doesn't seem to be a great desire to get him into the in, into the first team anytime soon. And that's what it felt like, a bit more like, who's, who do we, it may be, I mean, I get it, look, Solanke had faded big time, big time in that game. And, you know, and, and to Danny Ings' credit, he looked dangerous-ish. <laughs> you know what I mean, like but you know, a little bit that little moment when he nipped in and tried to flick a little header, and you know, that, I, I, so I get it from that. I get it. In, in could that we instance. not? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Markovic being on the bench, couldn't we have had Salah or somebody on his in his place? Because we don't want Markovic. Well, yeah, but we don't want fair, we don't want to get him. To minutes. be fair, Lazar Markovic is the substitution. That, that, that why Lazar Markovic doesn't just come on and play. You know what? Like, just like just <laughs> the, just give me the people's eyebrow there, but it's uh, but you know. He's a he is a winger. If he's on the if he is he's on the bench, what's the point of him? What's the point of him being on the bench and, and then ending up with Dom Solanke playing left wing? And now I get it in regards to he ends up in the middle of the pitch in the middle, you know, on the edge of the six yard box at the weekend and very nearly scores the winner from the left hand side. And I get that because it's it's meant to be a fluid attack that that guy's meant to be able to come inside and and do that. But you're right, it was just a bit. It all just felt very much. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Like, oh, fucking whatever. Am, am I right in saying, Markovic, he didn't play a single minute of pre-season after the Tranmere friendly and he hasn't played any under-23 matches at all and he's on the bench? Yeah. I, I thought just put someone else on there yeah. and go for the game. I genuinely wonder whether he was literally on the bench there that if we happened to be two or three goals up, we'd throw him on just to remind the world that he was there and the football and available for transfer because he has got... Le- like Leicester written all over him, you know, as a as a, as a type of, as a type of sign and like um, mad, just mad, and that's the problem we've got now is, is is that all this all this does is put just put pressure on it, makes you start to question decisions and blah blah blah. Um, let's look. This has just been horrendous. Let's talk. It's been brilliant. Some... This hasn't it so far? <laughs> <laughs> I will feel better after it though. I do. Got I, I must admit, I do feel I do feel a bit better for talking about it. Like, but let's talk about a couple of things that I th- that, that were good because I think it would be unfair on the players you performed. Um, not Can we do a couple of things that you know? A couple of really poor performances first, then just so just so I feel better. Okay, well let's get let's let's get Oxley Chamberlain well, the way. First? I was going to say Henderson, but I'm happy to go with Oxley Chamberlain. But you know, we've we've talked about leadership, we've talked about experienced players, and Jordan Henderson. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Jordan Henderson. I really like him as a footballer, but that performance last night just wasn't good enough. For yeah, me, right? he he. There was. I just I thought I I thought he'd be fine, but. There was the one moment for me, and I, I, again, I can't remember where that I discussed it on a show. Whether we just we were just chatting about it, but the, he got he got played through the midfield, and he's ch- and he's charging forward, and what it needed was him to force the game, was him to just kick the ball forward, and it felt like you watch these moments and you can see the decision. Cogs turn in his head, and he goes, "I'm not no, I'm going to play it back," and he just killed the attack stone dead by playing the sensible pass and playing it back inside, and you're like. Mate, you are the captain. I think by this point we are. This is probably the point where Woodburn's on the pitch, and I think Woodburn might have been moved into midfield by this point. I can't, I, I've lost the timeline in me. I don't know if I'm honest, but uh, he needed to be a bit more talismanic. And I understand it, that, and that's the problem when he's ne- he's never going to be that for us, Jordan Henderson. I think, uh, and I don't think it's necessarily. It's not like saying he's he's bad because I think he's a really good football, and I think he's really. I think he's really important to how we play football when he's on when he's on his game, but that's always going to be the thing he lacks. And inevitably, yes, what I'm doing there is comparing it to Steven Gerrard, <laughs> and all I've done is rail against that since he got the captain's armband because I think that's an unfair comparison. But the point is, in games like that, Steven Gerrard goes and wins your games like that. And again, it's not his fault that he's not Steven Gerrard, but it is his. It is. It's not his fault, but it's, it's also part management fault that. The senior players that were left on the team, left on the pitch, 
where Jordan Henderson and you know all Obeyes bedding in, but Oxley Chamberlain, and they're the guys who were supposed to be able to just go and win you the game by stepping up and going. I'm in the prime of my career. I am an England international. I am better than the players on the pitch that I'm against. I'm just going to go and stick one in the top bin, or I'm going to go and bully my way through and win a free kick on the edge of the box. You're describing, go you're like describing his midfield partner. You're describing Gini Wijnaldum. He's the one who's closer <laughs> to that. He's yeah. the one who picks the ball up, drives the players, gets the crowd into it, and stuff like that. That's that's what I, that's what I love about Gini Wijnaldum. For me, Jordan Henderson's performance, you know. I, I, I get the simple passing. You know, I did, I did a big thing the other day about why I think Liverpool pass it around to see what the other side's going to do if they're going to come out and, you know, then does it open up a long ball over the top or whatever, like we saw at the weekend with Burnley. So I understand the need for passing the ball sideways at times, um, you know, especially early on in the game, just as you're feeling out a team. But when you're talking second half and he's running through with the ball and you're chasing the game, you know, you've got to, you, you know, you can talk all you want about keeping it simple and that you've got to have something in your head that's going as a play clock in your heads and, and why and what Liverpool need to be doing and how we need to get a goal and what a goal means for you in those situations. It's a risk-reward and if you, you, you get the reward of a goal by being a little bit more direct, the whole team gets a lift mm. and you've got a chance of winning that game. Whereas playing the simple ball in those situations can just take just take the air out of it. Yeah. I, I think the expectations on, on Henderson are enormous. You know, like in terms of... <laughs> He's succeeding Stephen Gerrard, as you said. He's playing in the same position as him. You know, he's playing in, a, in an area of the field where you, you expect some dynamism, you expect some goals. You know, like, obviously, the Chelsea goal last year at Stamford Bridge, that's what we expect more of, you know, from, yeah. from a Liverpool captain. And I think his game has changed quite a lot, like, the last year. I, I do think the injuries have had an impact on, you know, I think that is reflected by the decision to play him in that role. You know, I think it's an, not an acceptance, but it's, a, it's definitely recognition that he probably can't do as much running as, as he wanted to now whether that's enough for him to be in the Liverpool team I don't know it, it, I just think he, he's always going to come under fire yeah. you know particularly when there's a, a period when we're talking about a lack of leaders in the team as well you know because like, he's expected to show that I don't think I think he does lead the team yeah. quite well to be honest he does try and take responsibility but I think he's a good, he's a good yeah. I think he's a good captain and I think he's mm -hmm. like I, say, I think he he, he makes if you, that if he was a centre like half, that. it's it's a slightly easier job because the centre the centre midfield role at Liverpool and at any major club is, and if you're the captain, the focus is on you all the time. Every single touch of the ball that you have, um, particularly when you're succeeding, Steven Gerrard, I think. But I, I think it's fair to expect a bit more from him as well. I yeah. do because there's so many occasions, you know, and you know, it always seems to fall to him on the edge of the box, and it's either a pass rather than have a go. You know that. Speculate a little bit. Yeah, exactly. But then yeah. equally flip side of that was it severe where he, he has that yeah, and he passes and he it to the left yeah, and yeah. we score off the yeah. back of it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, it's yeah. about making the right decision ultimately, yeah. isn't it? But whether whether he makes enough of those right decisions. I say, and it's not necessarily point. about him having pot shots from all over the yeah, place because we've seen know, it with Stevie in the past. You know, like in the past, he he overdid it sometimes. Yeah. But and it, but it is more for me about just I don't know. You just want to get it. You just you want to get a sense of like. Right, you know, like you know, from your yeah. mid, midfield, and I mean, this is this is the problem. Is he's probably fallen far a little bit of what we talk about? I, what I feel was the mentality of we're about top selection or how how seriously we took that game, whatever. Because he ends up in a midfield with Marco Grujic, who's his first start of the season, who's still what twenty years old or whatever, still finding his way. And Ben Woodburn, yeah. who's seventeen years old, it sets a mentality, doesn't it? That substitution, and 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 he's then you know it's 
he's he's being given less good players around him, and it, given that he's not Steven Gerrard and he doesn't have that top top quality in his in his locker, it, it's not maybe it's, maybe it's unfair of us to ask of him to be able to, mm. to deliver. This. I don't know, but I think Oxley Chamberlain. though, uh, moving on to him, Ross. He, um, I, I, I mean, again, <laughs> sim- similarly by the end of the game, I think he's knackered plus. You could see that whatever we were doing well in the first half was got was completely gone by seventy minutes of that football match, or you know definitely the last ten ten or so. There's no one there there to link up. We don't look f- uh, fluid anymore. He looks like he's playing a wing, and how many times we just pass the ball to him, expecting him to go and do something? And he, he I mean, I, I sound like I'm making a defence. I am to some extent, but even taking into account certain circumstances. That's, there's nothing in that performance really that makes you go, wow, what an incredible signing. Aren't we? Wasn't it a good decision to spend £40 million on him instead of, let's say, a centre-half or whatever instead? <laughs> I've you know? seen that tweet so many times, by the way. I think he was caught in, in two minds of trying too hard and being dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he was. He was like, particularly in the second half, he was just running to avenues and, and going nowhere and not looking up at who was available and then... And obviously, just losing the ball or some of his passing was just just terrible. I mean, he might have been knackered by them, but then, do you know what I mean? We can see that it goes back to the clock thing of you know you don't have a backup on the bench, so he has to carry on. Yeah. And he hasn't played that amount of games, or he hasn't play, played in that team for a huge amount of time. So, do you know what I mean? Like, he's in a difficult position. Of it's of, just that thing, though, isn't it? Is that you, Paul Tompkins always goes on about this about the success rate of signings. And there's every chance that he will. He, he'll just continue to be the player he was at Arsenal and just be really inconsistent and lack, you know, not be able to get to the top level or whatever. But it is just nice. I think it's it's made all the harder by the fact that Mo Salah's just come in and just been amazing. Yeah. And you know, sometimes players do have to come in and and bed in the fact that he's not had that pre-season with us. He's having to learn on the job a little bit to some extent. And he's played. He's now played in. A, he's come off the bench and he's played in a couple of different positions and he's played in difficult circumstances. He's not played in a full strength flying Liverpool team hmm. um, uh, but he looks lacking a confidence yeah. Paul and he, he, listen he's coming from a system that's completely different to ours you know he's been ingrained in that Arsenal way for a long time now and he's coming in and, he, and he's being asked to do something slightly different he's playing back out on the wing for a start I, I said to you last night I, I can understand why we were interested in Ben Chilwell I thought he dealt with uh, Alex Oxley Chamberlain brilliantly. I thought first half, maybe first twenty-five minutes, when he was popping short passes off, his touch was good, and he, was, and he looked into the he game. Kept with and the amount of times we got in behind a lot with him, yeah. um, and that's where I thought that's why I was impressed. It was harder because, of course, we were the opposite end of the ground. So that's a you, and it's the first half. So inevitably, the recency bias of it, you forget a lot about that stuff. But yeah, you know, I, I don't think he had an absolute stinker from start to finish, but he did look like like by the end of that game. He completely ran out of ideas. He ran out of legs, and I think his confidence was completely shot. And it was it was it was typified by the fact that he just played some just a crap ball. I think he just like, went to knock one. And there was what there was oh, one way from he there to pass, there. He just had to pass it five yards inside. Oh yeah, and he just like weakly toed it slightly behind someone to give it away. And he just that's the point where I think everyone who was left 
who was going to get off from the game. He wasn't determined to stay till full-time whistle. Just went, yeah, fine, fucking hell, I'm going to get done getting in the yeah, Listen, he's had a bad game. That's his first start for Liverpool Football Club. I watched him for the best part of six years at Arsenal. I really liked it. I, I, I understand that he can be a little bit inconsistent and stuff, but his good parts for me were still worth signing. Mm. You know, he, he has the ability, and, and I think, actually, he maybe is more suited to playing centrally now, just from that first 25 minutes where he's in I, that little bit yeah. of space he can pa- play a pass. You look at him physically, you know, like, and you don't, he's so powerful looking. He look, almost looks too big to play, like, on the wing, I, mm. I think. You know, his best games that when I've seen him play for Arsenal have always been in the middle. And um, it's always surprised me that Wenger's never really trusted him to go in there. So it'll be, it'll be interesting he, with the club. He team. made sense as a, as a, a backup wing option, I thought, last night, just because mm. of his pace, because yeah. he is so fast. Mm. Um, uh, but the problem is, like everything we did last night, is that if you get a, if you get a win by any means necessary in that game, you win that one nil or two one or whatever, like a deflected goal or whatever, all of these like squad options, all of a sudden we're just looking at them and really put in a really positive sense. And we get to look at all those little moments and stuff and go, yeah, now it means that we can drop him in and give and give Salah a rest in some of the some of the less competitive games, and that'll be absolutely fine. Whereas inevitably you look around all that and I. I we're going to come again. We're going to come on to the build-up show, and I think it's a fair case to say he, all the lads who perform well, it's kind of doesn't they're matter. Not, they're not starting because none of them are going to start at the weekend. None of them are going to make a push to to to, to be in our in our first team because again, whether it's it's kind of irrelevant the good stuff they put in because we we feel really down about it because life is fucking shit. Finally, on, people can't win football. <laughs> finally, on Chamberlain, then he's not a corner taker either. He's the first man up. He's got it. He did one, didn't he? And then it went out for another, and then he did another, and it hit the first man. And then he spoke to Marco Grealish. <laughs> he went, mate, help me out, make a run to it. And then he made the run, and we played it short. The fucking end of shit. And so, then he fucking whipped it, and everyone had made the run. Oh my god! So what we were saying is. Basically, they were talking. I think there was. I think it was the Wijnaldum injury break. I mean, Paul, like that. Yeah, he's definitely gone to Greenwich and said, "Just stand on that near post for me, mate, will you?" And try and get a flick on or something. Like, look good. It was a good short corner, actually. Apart from the fact that you know everyone ran. And Anderson played a terrible. He ball. also injured Ojoa, which brought Okazaki on. So I'm going to blame him for that. Yeah, absolutely. Should never play for the club again, should he? No, nah, I'm not shite, mate. <laughs> um, okay, I think that's the, 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 the clear pause to out the way. Um, Andy Robertson, my word. Go that on. boy knows how to cross a football, doesn't he, Ross? Robertson Carlos, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like a breath of fresh air the first half, I thought. Um, and the fact that he consistently kept doing it and consistently kept putting decent balls in the box. But you think it was going to pay off, and at one point, obviously, just died. But, you know, he carries on doing that. Um, people are used to the way that he plays, the way he plays the balls and where, the areas that he puts them in. I mean, I'm sure they practice it in training, but that's what we need to get used to. Um, I think it's different... Ben Techie. Yeah. Want to get him back? It's true. He'd <laughs> be, um, be all over it. I think that's the first time he's played with Solanke as well. So And, and Solanke, that one where the back post is like mm. full stretch. Yeah. That's... You, I don't know the time that, that goes in. Yeah. Same if you've got storage or someone else who's played with him before and knows yeah. where the ball's going to go. It's just, just practice, I think. Um, and Phil found him as well a few times, which didn't happen. Yeah, in the first half, yeah. <laughs> Phil actually passed him, it was great. Uh, yeah, so uh, real encouragement from Andy Robertson. Uh, we mentioned Dom Solanke. I thought he handled himself... Really well. There was a, again, what I think he's just got the potential to have such a good all-round game because again he was he, he was getting in behind when he had to be like I said he, he's got that little bit of a striker's instinct as well. But there's a couple of, like like back heels he's playing and he's dropping off the front and he's, he's knocking it. But when he knocks it off, he's then sprinting 
to get back into position as well. Again, a goal makes a massive difference to our thinking on his performance there, but yeah. it was fine, wasn't it? Yeah, of course it was, and, and, it, and I think it can, will continue to be so with Solanke. You know, he's, he seems to be one of those players that you, you, you get them for some reason, players take two straight away, and, and whether that's his performances in pre-season, sorry, fans take two straight away, and maybe that's down to his performances in pre-season, but I, I, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago, every time I've seen him play, I see just a little bit more of his game, and you know, he surprises me, oh, he can, oh, he can do that as well, you know, his first touch again was really good and he's looking to bring players in and yeah he's really pacey he's got that fire in his belly I think he wants to score goals and you know going back to something I said a few a few weeks ago again he's the first striker that Jürgen Klopp's brought in and I think he's the mould for what we're going to see from Jürgen Klopp if he's given five six seven years for mm. what type of a striker we might see it's a guy that that not only can do everything that Firmino's done, although he's not playing at anywhere near that level yet, but a guy who also wants to spin round the back, like you say, and get those goals on the other side. And I think I just wonder whether right now we are making a little bit of a trade off with Firmino, and at long term we will see someone come in who can maybe do it all. Like. Yeah, it's like a fit storage, isn't he? Excellent, thank Storage of five, five, six years ago. Yeah. Then. How many know. games do you reckon he'll play this season, Solanke? Well, he's going to need yeah. games, isn't yeah. he? He's, he's going to need to play in all of Origi's. Yeah. Yeah. So Origi got three scores last night as well. Yeah. Did he? They've sacked yeah. the manager as well, Andy Wolfsburg. Amazing. Amazing. At least we got the money for him as well. Yeah. Grujic, I thought he was fine. I think, I think he's probably one of the ones who takes blame for their second goal. Um, I think the problem with our midfield is that I, don't, I still don't know what position Marco Grujic plays. I don't. He doesn't look. He's not a DM. He doesn't necessarily look box to box, and I'm not sure he's quick enough or cultured enough yet to be the, the like the Lallana of the mid mm. of the attacking midfield in the, in the attacking midfield slot. And it's one of them where Henderson, for some reason, is playing one of the more advanced roles. He's pushed on for the throw, and the ball goes over his head. Grujic is therefore the guy charged with being the DM and he does this when the guy goes past him when it's not this mate it's this take pull the shirt off his back the yellow, uh, uh, exactly take him out the game do whatever that, uh, it, it, it's a shame because again I, I think we probably judge him as a young player and say again good, probably probably one of his better performances in a senior game for Liverpool uh, let's let maybe disregard the poor. poor I, I thought he looked, you know, in pre-season. You know, again, there's some promising signs. I mean, you can't judge anything by pre-season, I suppose. But he has got a certain presence about him. I think just because of his size, you know, he's got a bit of bit of nasty about him as well, yeah. which I quite like. But I, I know I agree with what you're saying there, Paul. I can't quite just because he hasn't played enough. Yeah. You know where he quite fits in. But sometimes I, I watch Liverpool and like. You know, the, with the three midfields, they kind of do all sometimes blend into the same type yeah. of player, don't they? So mm. it's difficult. I mean, I, I know they kind of want they want Van Alden getting into the more like the attacking areas, and that means that whoever is the the what the one the other one that isn't sitting has to stay. But they're all a bit like that, aren't they? Yeah. You know, they're all, you wouldn't say there's like kind of one outstanding quality about any of those midfielders, but these you know together if it works as a as a as a unit, if you yeah. like. The, uh, in football management speak, you know it does. It can be effective. Yeah. Well, be you know where Lana's got to come back as well, hasn't he? Sorry yeah. to, to drift off about, no, no, no. but he, he has got to come back. He's a, he's probably no, he's got, you know, he's become the come most. Yeah, he's got Shoot. to. He's become the most important I, midfielder. I worry yeah. a little bit with Grujic, Chris, in, and for the Solanke as well. Is that they're both at the minute looking like lads who are going to be 
last 15 minutes when you need a specific thing doing, which is having a big lad on the pitch to kick the ball up to or whatever and be physical or whatever. The problem is, is that, at, again, at 19, 20, or whatever they both are, if they were... Look at, look at Man United's equivalent this season is Fellaini and it's going to be Ibrahimovic when he comes back. Mm. <laughs> and these are guys who've been there and done it and uh, and done whatever. And it's, the problem is these guys need game time to develop their, their own natural games. At the minute, I don't see that either of them are good enough to get in the first team. But I don't know where yeah, they're going to get. I, I, that, gonna I really think that. that depends on what type of form you're in, to be honest. I think, you know, we saw at the end of Kenny Dalglish's reign where he started to trust into the senior pros a little bit more and was afraid of using the youth that really got him the League Cup for us. Um, you know, but I think, you know, having a good run of games, maybe four wins on the bounce, those substitutions all flow a little bit easier. Mm. Think of it in footy manager terms. You know, you, you go through a bad patch and you tie everything and nothing works and you end up with your, your, your starting 11 that you thought about at the beginning of the season. You're in a good patch in footy manager. Every fucking substitution works, yeah. do you know what I mean? And I wonder if it's the same in, in, in Jürgen Klopp's case. You know, he, might, he makes a change, maybe he makes one change for a league game and puts Solanke up front. No one's judging him after four wins about changing yeah, the striker. Yeah. But after two two draws and two losses, you change the striker in. It's like, what the fuck's he doing here? We can't yeah. score with our fucking first team yeah, and all this type yeah. of stuff. So I, I do think the one thing that Klopp's got is he, he has he is committed to developing young players. That's one thing that he's done throughout his entire career. So whereas we might take it a game by game, he is looking further down the line and going. I'm earmarking him for maybe a game here. I'm earmarking him for maybe a game here or a few minutes here, regardless of the results. And, you know, maybe that's what we fell foul of last night. That's why we saw Ben Woodburn come in last night, regardless of the result, because he's committed to developing these young players. Yeah. And maybe that's why young players want to come and play for him. No, he's got to give Woodburn game time. I mean, he scored on his debut for Liverpool. He scored for, for Wales on his debut. He's influenced the next game along. You know, if he doesn't get games, when is he going to get games? You know, yeah. he do he clearly has something about him to be able to come on and react to that kind of pressure situation. I mean, it's it, it, the Liverpool manager's job is one of the most difficult in the world. I think it's actually probably the most difficult senior manager's job in terms of in terms of the history and the the expectation not really meeting the reality of the situation. But and he does have to find a way to get some of these academy players into the team because I think in the long term, if you want to have long term success, yeah. you do have to have some players that are associated with the club because they won't leave then. Yeah. You know, we've seen the situation this summer again, haven't we, with Coutinho wanting to leave? Like, if you know, in ten, in five years' time, would would Ben Woodburn want to go to Barcelona? Maybe, maybe not because he's wedded to the club. So yeah. he's going to have to find a way of balancing that, and it's 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 a tough one. I think it it is a tough task, the manager's job, and. I think at this time it's obviously manifesting in the way people are looking. Yeah, at. I, I, last, I, just the last the last couple right, again. Ben Woodburn, we mentioned there. I thought he just looks an absolute star. He just looks like he's going to be so good at football. He comes on and he he, he we talk about taking taking the game by the scruff of the neck. Um, and like Ross, he he wanted the football. He was not afraid of having the ball at his feet. He was not afraid of being surrounded by men. He's not afraid to pass it. He wasn't afraid to try and get a shot off when he thought the situation was right. He played left wing. He played left of the attacking mid. He played right of the attacking mid. He drifted over to the right to make stuff happen. He, again, 17 years old. And if there's one thing that this comes back to, I hope that we're looking back on this performance from him. In, in a year or five years' time, and going, God, we knew it then, and what a, what a player he's going to go and become. Yeah, trying to look at it positively. I think even though we lost the experience of him playing in that in that cup and amongst that team, will only benefit him. 
Um, like you said, though, he, he struggled to see where he, he play unless his major injuries would he get game time. Um, but it's nice to have someone who's, who's got no fear. Um, he hasn't really got anything to lose, I suppose, has he, in, in that sense? Um, he's just a, a nice outlet to have, yeah. um, particularly when even in Premier League games, you think he, you know he's not arsed, he can play Premier League games and he can make a difference. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just um, one more player to mention then, Sorry, uh, Danny Ward. There was... <laughs> He literally got his name sung after five minutes of this game, which is more than Simon Mignolet's ever had. It's more than Loris Carey's ever had. I'd said to Chris, there's a real sense from Liverpool fans, I think, that we really want him to be a success. Mm. Um, and he just looked... And it's, just, it's very hard. It's, very, it's a very hard thing to do because you, you have to go on instinct, I think, in, a lot in these games because I, I, you can't take any blame for either of the goals conceded. Mm. You can do anything about either of them. I just my just overriding sense of him. I just get a real sense of calm mm. watching him in goal for Liverpool. It's weird. He just looks. He looks the right fit. He seems to understand the way that we want to play football. His game with the way he plays the ball out from the back seems set up to play it the way that it's meant to be played. He's not asked about passing it to a manager in trouble. He's not asked about moving the ball quickly. He can dominate his area. Uh, I I really want to see him get. More games to Liverpool. It's just unfortunate that I have no idea how and when that's gonna yeah. that's gonna happen. Yeah, you do you do feel that at the moment, don't you? I mean, uh, I think what's probably I think Jurgen is, is obviously he's wanted to give Carrius game time. And Mignolet had a had an iffy game against Watford, but didn't come under the microscope quite so much. But because because of that, because of the will is determination to give Macarius game time, it's kind of brought more questions back to Mignolet again, hasn't it? Mm. Suddenly, you know, inadvertently, I don't think that was the plan, obviously, but it has, uh, and it gets the conversation starting again about Liverpool goalkeepers. Oh, they're not good enough. So I don't think that's where it goes back to what I was trying to say before about the way, you know, like kind of fans will react to it. It's like you've obviously got to make the decision, and but you've got to be clear with your reason and why you're doing it. And I think the reason wasn't quite clear really. But with Ward, I think he's. Um, I mean, I've, I've been around him over the years, you know, we're, we're interviewing him a few times, and he's very smart, lad. You know what I mean? He's got that a bit of edge to him as well. He's, he, he is very intelligent, but he, he's. You can just tell he's got that little bit of, you know, again a little bit of nasty about him. You can see that, you, you know, he'd be, if you got into the team, he'd be difficult to displace. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there are some question marks. I still think. I mean, he had a great season last year, didn't he? Again for Huddersfield. Um, I mean, I remember seeing him in the Euros for playing when he got brought on for Wales, and he seemed a bit daunted by the occasion on that one particular match, and it made me think, well, he's got some way to go there. But at the end of the day, you can only you, you've got to give him a chance if you think that he if he's, if he's a long term goalkeeper and sit, allow him to make mistakes again with goalkeepers and with young players, you're going to have to accept the mistakes, and yeah. are the fans going to accept that when it happens? I don't know. Even even like we've seen it with Trent, haven't we? The last couple of weeks, yes. mm. like one, just, one, he's gone from being the next great hope to being well, actually. Yeah, the reality is he probably could be if he's given that yeah. time. But I, do we have that patience? The good thing about that, the, the one thing I say on on that on that though, and you know you're right, that good favour doesn't last long in football, does it? Is no. that the just like I say the general sense I got from it, Chris, is that thing of it feels like. He would be, I mean, it would be like the fans' choice to have him as our goalkeeper at this point. And, but the thing about it, it doesn't feel like delusion. Like, if we, Ben was Ben was, had, a great, had a great performance, but I'm not thinking, get him in the team, he's going to solve all our problems. And I'm not saying Wood would solve our problems, but I do feel as though we would be a better 
that go- I just think I, I just I, I feel from just the what I've seen that we will just be better in the goalkeeping department. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I was I was a little bit concerned about what type of a goalkeeper he was because you know I've watched games here and there, but I, you know I wasn't really sure whether he was going to come out from his area, be that sweeper keeper that I think this Liverpool defence and this Liverpool side needs. There was stuff there last night where he's coming out and was it Clavin? No, it was Joe Gomez had a bit of a mix up and Danny Ward screaming at him as soon as there's a break in play about that because he he wanted that and he was calling for that ball. The way he caught the ball was fantastic. Not just in the six-yard box, the one on the seventeen-yard line, that made-up yard line that I've just said. Um, the, one, the one seventeen yards out from his goal, right on the edge of his head. Yeah. The one a yard behind the eighteen-yard box. Yeah, yeah. The, the seventeen-yard line. So he picks the ball up there, and you, you're not not many goalkeepers are coming out there and grabbing the ball in, in traffic, and he does that brilliantly. His distribution, he's throwing the ball at mad angles because he knows it's the right throw. He's like. Like when he used to skim rocks on a river, no. he's throwing the ball out he like did. that because it's the right angle he did to do David it. David James, like full on spin. He like did three one. different types, you know, the one over the shoulder and all that. And I'm like, this guy's showing off here. Mm. He's showing he can, he understands, you know, a, a nice pass into Jordan Henderson. Everyone goes a bit nuts because it's, he's, you know, there's a little bit of traffic on him. Pass the ball back out to Clavin. He's out not to asked about doing that. He's not, and that's the thing about me. For me, it, it was it was so mechanical and how he took his goal kicks. That it's like no, this is how I, this is how goal kicks are taken. It always feels with Minule like, well, okay, <laughs> okay, I'll pass it. I'll pass it out to him. Waving like, a white flag as he's but, taking a goal kick. But, he, but it's like war goes. I I know there's two men on Jordan Henderson there, but I know that Jordan Henderson's not the man who's going to be kicking the ball down the pitch. I know it's Ragnar Kravan. So he, he understands the process. So again, he puts the ball central for the goal kick. He kicks the Henderson. He gets the pass straight back, and it goes to Clavin, as you mentioned there, and we're away. And it never, it, it never felt like he was making it up. It felt like it was meant. That was how it was meant to be, mm-hmm. and it, he always knew that was how it meant to be. I'd, very interesting, anyway. And I, that's it. That's that. That's a, one of the big positives, and uh, unfortunately, one of the potential disappointments there because. I don't, I don't, I don't want to have to wait till January to see another Danny Ward game, and you know I can't wait till the third round of the FA Cup to see it. And it's, I don't want to, I don't want to wish injuries on people, but you know, it, it, no, but it, no, but this is how careers are made. Sometimes I think, mm. I think you know, it might, it might take that, it might take an opportunity being dropped in his lap, and him taking that. You know, sometimes that's how careers are forged on moments of just pure luck or chance of being the right guy in the right place at the right time and you know for not I, I genuinely wish not, no ill upon do the goalkeepers of the club in any way shape or form but no no genuinely like because you know equally either of them could take the could take the opportunity it's the same thing um, just a couple of small finger injuries but no of... just but yeah what, what, but you know to this is to try disassociate myself you know the just take off the humanity out of the carrier's minule side of things and just think from a Danny Ward perspective I hope he gets an opportunity whatever that opportunity is to, to, to really try and win that first team place um, the one last thing I want to mention before we go was something right at the end of the game. And, you know, most of the Liverpool fans, you know, got off in the last few minutes of the match. The game was dead and buried, and I, 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 I you know, I think it's forgivable to some extent. Like, but the um, there was a, a group of a group of lads, and I, th- I think I mean it's kind of irrelevant, but I, I think they might have had brummy accents from what I could work out, and there's just. And they're probably in their maybe in the thirties or whatever. Maybe a bit older. Maybe a bit yeah, older. And there was a, an, a but there was this old scouse fellow. I think it was in his sixties. And in the, the game, he was kicking off at this lad, and all he, he was saying, all, he was going, "All you've done all game long is moan and complain about the team. 
you've, you've got your you're a supporter, you're meant to support the team. And the fella's argument back was, I'm not supporting them when they play shit. And it says your face says it all there, mate. Uh, and you know, and and it was it was it was a fascinating thing. And it was, it, this guy was on his own, was taking on. There's like four fellas who were all a foot and a half bigger than him as well. And it was it was it was a great comment we had on. Um, I don't know if it was in, in a video I did or it was on Twitter, or whatever. And he was saying how he was at Anfield years ago as a kid, and he started kicking off about a player and shouting. And he said this old scouse fella tapped him on the shoulder and went, "We don't do that in here, son." We support that. We support the players on the pitch, and he said it totally changed his outlook on how to, how to be a, a fan and how to support things. And um, I just, it was one of them. I don't, I enjoy. I, I'm glad that someone stepped up in some regards because I get the lad. I get. I do get the lad who's kicking off because you're right. It's, it is very difficult to to find the motivation to fucking go. Come on, boys! When you watch others getting fucking beat, like, but I mean, I don't want. I don't want. Civil war amongst the fans, but I, I I did think it was nice to see like a an old school seasoned vet turning around, t- taking people to task over it because I, I've said it before. I think people know my stance on this. I agree. I don't think that there's not. It's fair to criticise, but your only job in the football match, in the ground, in the stadium, is to sing songs and make noise and support the team. And so yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, that was one weird thing that I kind of enjoyed. I'm glad that there are people standing up for it inside the ground. And hopefully, it's, it's an increasing theme, though, isn't it? Like more and more fans, whatever club, you know, feel a sense of entitlement because the, the amount of money that they're paying to actually go and the, the time and investments. And you know, I, I do think it's up to kind of you know for, for football supporters, particularly older, more experienced ones, to self-govern. You know what what's going on because otherwise, you know, it's not going to do anything for the team, is it? Really, I can understand why people are frustrated and. You know, in heat of the moment, they yeah. get wound up. But you can't help going, oh, when something yeah, goes yeah. over the bar. That's yeah, f- yeah, that's a yeah. natural reaction, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that part but, and parcel of football, though, is to, to have the highs and the lows together, isn't it? You don't support Liverpool because they, they win every fucking game. or mm. I mean, you don't support Liverpool because of the amount of money they spend or the amount of money that the players get. Yeah. They, they want instant success. Go and support for the fucking for the city. Glory. I think everyone yeah. wants Liverpool to be a success, don't they? Everyone mm. wants Liverpool to win every game. I can say, I, this is not a criticism in a, in a wider sense, but it is. I, I think it got lost a little bit when I mentioned this the other week, but I think the stuff in the ground... I say you can't. There's no. There's no effect in human human nature. We've all done it. We've all fucking lost our heads when things have just broken down. Like fucking come on, pass the ball, do this and this. But it's always meant to be followed by, you know, like right, come on, fuck, there we go. I've lost a little fucking blow. Come yeah. on, get your heads down. Let's fucking go. And I think what typified that uh, as a very last point, Chris, was at one nil down, the Liverpool fans were the like almost the best I've heard. I've heard them. The Leicester fans started singing, you're not singing anymore, which typifies everything you've said about them just being shit England fans. And the absolute roar that was generated from the away end. That was as loud as I've been in in a long time. Like, you know, you you can feel it and it's, it's raucous and it's loud and it's raw and it's angry and it's it's it's, it's everything. It's garar. Exactly. That's what it is. Oh, that was a bit of an in joke, sorry, sorry. Um and, and you know, it's like you haven't sang all game. We've been here screaming and singing and supporting this shite on the pitch and you having a fucking go at us here, you having a laugh like and everyone the, the difference between loads of noise and that is the arms come out yeah. and everyone's fucking arms come out. doesn't make a difference to the yeah. noise, 
but it makes a difference to the spectacle yeah. and they realise that we're fucking here yeah. and we're still proud of our team and we'll still support our fucking team and we'll be here when you go back down next fucking season <laughs> and we'll fucking continue to be here and we'll be trying to win it, fucking stuff well was, after you are fucking fucked up as a club. Yeah, it was It was that, that one last thing for me is that I... I really wish you could just we could have just captured that and show that because I'm I feel absolutely certain that the response to people who are watching their own or watching on laptops and sat on their own and various people not in the pubs and stuff like that but people just watching consuming this game and, and, and interact on social media I bet all the ads fell off at one nil and I'm just the, the, what what's worth pointing out is that the fans who were there in the ground quite the opposite and that's the point about what I've been making about all this is that. That's what you've got to be when you're in the ground. That's your role as in inside the stadium is to be nah fuck you because it's meant to be us and the players versus their players and their mm. and their fans. And you know we as as fans I thought you know we 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 dom dominated for large periods of that <laughs> game and that was you know we just didn't finish. But ultimately we couldn't finish them off. Yeah, I know. Sad yeah, there, I was. I had an experience this year the week because I, I didn't go to the Man City game and I wasn't working that weekend and I yeah, watched it at home. I watched it at home and I found myself getting more wound up at home than I ever would actually, well, working, it's a different situation, but in terms of if you're there as, as, as a fan, because you straight away like kind of get an opinion thrown at you that this is what it is and then you're checking your phone, you wouldn't do that at the match, would yeah. you? And so more and more people now, I think, as, as people are more used to watching it at home, they kind of probably expected to be like that kind of negative cycle in the match as yeah. well and jump into quick and you kind of lose sight of there's actually a match going on in front of you you know yeah. it can change but yeah absolutely right. but yeah it, interesting stuff and like I say I think that's the, the the good thing about it it's one of them I think if you ever feel like you're losing your head with Liverpool um, it's worth trying to do everything in your power to just get yourself in the ground and just get a real sense of the, the feeling and stuff like because that gave me a real a, a real Sense of hope, and ultimately it doesn't go away. But that's the that's the point. We did, uh, we played our part there as fans to do everything to get behind the team, and that doesn't then mean you turn around and go, "You useless shower bastards." You I mean you do do that when you get outside, do that in the pub, get wound up, get annoyed. We've we've you know we've sat here for an hour now and picked apart all the all the bad parts of it. But that's the point. You do that. You get out. You you analyze. You get stuff off your chest. You try your best to cleanse yourself, and then you try again. You pick yourself up, and you. You know, support the team in the next game and so on and so forth. And then eventually, when it's all fucked, you rally against the manager and the owners and you start to get <laughs> after that. Like, but, um, but anyway, uh, thanks very much for watching the show. I hope everyone's enjoyed it this time around. Obviously, the final word is it's, sometimes it's loads of fun when you smash teams, sometimes it's actually quite enjoyable when you even even in the face of adversity, even in the face of defeat, because it is good to talk through these things. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, let us know in the comments below. And of course, thank you very much for being a subscriber to the RedmenTV.com. You make all of this possible. Um, we'll see you back here soon. There's going to be a Red News Roundup show going out. I'm going to be sitting down and talking with Sai Hughes about his new book as well. That'll be there. And of course, the build-up show coming for yet another encounter with Leicester at the King Power. Amazing. Um, look forward to that one. Ta-da.